This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, the mythical Dr. Doolittle had a superpower. He could talk to the animals. But our special guest today is the real deal. She talks with wildlife and pets. She helps us humans really connect on many levels with our pets. She's a popular TEDx speaker, best-selling author. Hey, let's give pause and applause to the world-renowned animal communicator, Joan Ranquet. Welcome to the show, Joan. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm just going to start it right off, man. Bow! Wow! You know, listeners, our special guest, Joan, has so many talents that help so many sentient beings. Joan, I can't wait to get started, but first, we got to take this quick commercial break. Hey, everybody, you know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy, hydrating drinks and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today inspires two, three, and four-leggers with a mighty capital I. Her life quest has been to bring out the best in pets, wildlife, and yes, us. She is the founder of Communication with All Life University. Now, personally, I went to Purdue, but I I wish I would have known about this school years ago. I think we all can benefit by being schooled today in a great way by Joan Ranquette. And uh, hey, just as an aside, everybody, it's, it's no surprise that MSN called Joan, our special guest, one of the top 
25 people who do what they love. I mean, your TEDx talks are really popular. Your talk that you did, I think, didn't it have like almost over 300,000 views? Is that right? Yeah, it's a little more than that, but yeah. Yeah, that's not all your relatives, right? No. <laughs> There's so many things that we can dive in and in so many different parts of this pool that we're being schooled on by our special guest, Joan. But I just want to say, first of all, welcome and thank you for everything you you have done and are doing to make this a better planet. Well, thank you. And I feel the same way about what you're doing and putting this out there and being part of the longest running podcast for animals. I mean, that's amazing. And, you know, we just need all of us to pool together our voices to be able to help animals. It's, you know, we're all part of it. Yeah, I agree. And right now, listeners, through the miracles of Zoom, I'm in Dallas. She's in Santa Clarita, California. Our producer, who's being quiet like a hush puppy right now, is in South Florida. Love it. Love technology. But I want to kind of rewind a little bit. Joan, when you grew up, were you going to be a brain surgeon or a, 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 a bakery chef? I mean, what happened? What got you where you are now? Well, it was not exactly a direct route. I'll just say that. And, okay. And if I had seen Animal Communicator in a college catalog, I would have picked that, but it wasn't in there back then. I grew up with uh, a lot of animals. My, thankfully, my parents loved animals, and I was a horse freak from the moment go. And pretty much I won my first horse, and then Wow. My parents thought that it was too much and eventually ended up with, made them promise that I could get another horse later on. And I stuck them to that promise. So are you growing up in California? Or where were you growing up? I grew up in Seattle. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I ripped through the woods bareback on a horse and could then give her a bath the next day and go to the horse show. Like I had a very, a pretty fun horsey life. And I would say that I didn't, necessarily know about communication because I don't think any of us really were putting a, a right. name on that, but I was very connected. And I also knew things that I didn't know how I knew them. Give me an example, because I do think there's this intuitive superpower you have. Yeah, I think we all have it, but I developed it. I will say that. Okay. So, I, I mean, I just knew like if a horse didn't feel well and I could just kind of all of a sudden sense what leg might be off or I knew if a dog didn't feel well or that, you know, a cat was depressed. Like I just kind of knew that stuff. And as I thought everybody knew that. Okay. And I will say that I also, as a young kid, definitely communicated with the plants in my bedroom and I had a tree. Really? So, yeah. So I had awareness of that. So what do you mean specifically about that? So what kind of plant was it? And I'm, I'm assuming this bedroom plant thrived. Did you have any special songs you sang? Or No, but I just really always told it how much I loved it. And it really did thrive. It like grew like wildfire. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. And um, yeah. So, and I definitely sang to my horse. I would sing all the way home from a big trail ride. And it was, we were very connected, but I thought I was either going to be a writer or an actress. And I went to Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri, where they had an equestrian department. So I got a degree in theater, but I also rode and I made the team. So the theater department kept me so busy. I never competed for the school. Okay. But um, yeah, so I, I went to New York and then Los Angeles. And it was in Los Angeles that I ended up getting another horse. And 
at that point, I used an animal communicator. And this is like, this is dating myself, but late 80s. And I thought I loved my what I did for work. But I thought, wow, this person might actually have a cooler career than me. And uh, <laughs> so I had a little career envy at that point. And then um, eventually I, you know, had a series of events that were rather tragic. And I had used the communicator through the whole thing. I lost a horse the night she gave birth to. Oh. Um, and, and so I ended up with this orphan colt and I lived in a stall with him. Wow. And uh, that changes you. Yeah. What was the name of the horse? Well, the first horse was Pet One, and she was truly my, I call her my soulmate horse. And then she gave birth to Pony Boy. And then I lost Pony Boy about three years later. So it was like a series of events that kind of, I kept using the animal communicator and she would say things like, you can do this. And then it's a horse I have now, 28 years later, that was lame. And I had taken little classes here and there, but it was this horse that I still have. She's going to be 35. What's her in name? April. Gabrielle. Okay. And uh, anyway, she kind of, she had a lameness. I tried to find the phone number for the animal communicator. And the next thing you know, I can't find her phone number, but I hear about a different class where I could really study. And that's the end. That's the end of my life as we knew it before and the beginning. And I thought I was doing it to help my horse, but it turns out the universe had a different plan. I think, you know, they say there's, you hear the expression, you know, there's a reason we're given two ears and one mouth. Can you kind of expand on that when it comes to us really listening and actually having a conversation and not talking at our pets? You know, that is, um, I was just, so I have a big school for animal communication and I was just on a call with all of my teachers and I was reminding them to remind students not to get rid of that urge to give advice to the client, right? Because when someone hears for the first time some truth about their animal, it really has to land. And so that's just fundamentally something that we as humans aren't trained to do, right? Just like you said, we, we talk at our animals. So I've written a book called Communication with All Life, and then I've written a book called Energy Healing for Animals, and I go through a lot of modalities in that. And I, I will say my favorite energy healing modality is animal communication, because I think listening at a core level is the most healing thing we could do. Say that again, because that's pretty powerful. My favorite healing modality is animal communication, because listening at a core level is the most healing thing we can do. And especially during this wacky pandemic, there's been a lot of people whose roommates for at the beginning of, of COVID were ones that barked or meowed. And I think there was a golden opportunity to really step up our conversation communication game with our pets. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and as much as I'm excited that, that life is going back to the way, not back, we're creating a new normal. Yeah. We're not going back. And, you know, there are things I really missed about my life, but I'm recreating it in such a way. And I, I feel like a lot of what was missed and not that we need a redo, but what, what may have been missed for a lot of people is that was that opportunity to get really, really quiet and to hear what's going on because to do animal communication, you're employing a, a muscle, if you will, of telepathy. So you're getting quiet and you're picking up on pictures, words, and feelings. And that 
isn't easy to do if your mind is full of other things. And so the thing about telepathy is it's also, it's not an action verb. It's actually a state of being. So we are always broadcasting, which means we're always listening. We're always picking up on, and we're always sending information. And what we don't realize is that in our state, by not getting quiet, we're sending information that we probably really don't want to be sending. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And let's take it a step further because I feel very connected to Kona, my terrier mix. I jokingly say we finish each other's sentences. Mm -hmm. Now, sentences don't have to be verbal, right? Right. But I just feel what that to me is the best gift I could ever have is to be able to really be intuitive with Kona. And Kona came from a shelter. I call her shelter alum. I don't like the word rescue. I hate that word, yeah. Yeah, I say shelter alum. Let's boost up the uh, shelters. And she had been in two shelters for a year and a half. She had never been in a home, never fostered. She always had a buddy in her kennel. And there was something when I walked by that said, you need to talk to her, talk with her, not talk at her. And she passed every every temperament test. And suddenly I have this dog that didn't know what (laughs) house training was, but is so damn smart. And she's tuned in. And that's why she's now a therapy dog and a first aid dog. But she just tunes in to the level energies that other dogs are giving cats and people. And I wonder, did she secretly take your school training? Yeah, she did. She's an alum of my school. We call her ice cream Kona. I think it's kind of neat when you, you get that aha moment, I guess, that you feel like there's something different. This isn't just my dog. This is my friend. This is someone I can learn from and maybe they can learn from me too. I think the keeping the, the two lanes, I guess, is what you try to do with people, right? Yeah. You know, I think that like, I think of everyone in my household is at the very least, if not a soulmate, a familiar, they are a familiar energy to me that belongs with me. And I'm sure that if you think of the word familiar and you look around at your cats and your dogs that are therapy, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're familiar souls. You didn't have to do a lot to get to know them. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. So you got to make a living. I know you've written books and you give talks and you have this school, but where do you think we are today, 2022, in relation to acknowledging that there is a skill. Animal communicators can really benefit others. And I wanted you to lead into how you help find a mare named Gemma in Redmond, mm-hmm. California. See, I'm doing my homework on you. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy story. But so I don't do a lot of private sessions anymore. I do them for clients that have been clients for years. And I'm just a school. I was like, I'm, a, I'm not an animal communicator anymore. I'm a school. You're a cool school. And, but I was on with my teachers who are all animal communicators today. And I mean, they're working like crazy. I mean, a few of them are new to teaching and just graduating from the program and are just getting going. And that's, I throw everyone in together so they can all inspire each other. And we're very collaborative and co-creative and not competitive. So I'm watching some of the people that came in doubting themselves in the very beginning getting articles in their local newspapers about their magnificent work, getting on podcasts like this. So I'm watching my graduates 
get out there and have careers and quitting their day jobs. And I think of it very similarly, like I think of animal massage. I don't know how people exist without doing it. Because if you look at our dogs get older, they can be athletic, and we all need body work, right? And yeah. yeah, but people don't know about it. And that's why animal massage therapists aren't booked through every day of their life. Animal communicators tend to be a little more communicative and therefore yeah. get there. There's that word again. Yeah. And so, you know, the job of a, anybody working with animals on some level is being an educator, being able to get out there and talk about it, being able to let people know it exists, being able to share stories of success so that people say, oh, I recognize that story and I need help with that exact thing. So it's just a matter of really, and my job as a school is to educate educate people to be stellar at the skill, but also to continue to educate the world that this exists. And not only does it exist, it's profound. Yeah. And I know it was just a little bit, but tell us about Gemma because they were singing your praises on the local TV newscast. And the lady that lost her mare was beyond herself. I don't, I I guess Redmond's kind of near where you live and you kind of figured it out pretty quickly. (laughs) Where did the mare go? Okay. So what happened, so I live in California now, and this was outside of Seattle. So I was pretty much trying to retire then from animal communication. And a friend of mine called and said her friend's horse had disappeared and I didn't know if she had been stolen or what. And it was a very, very busy barn that I I knew the main location. I didn't know there was another location. So it was a very busy barn that people were coming and going for horse shows. So it was conceivable that somebody could have taken the horse out to a horse show, but they looked on the list and the horse wasn't at the horse show. They looked on the list. The horse hadn't gone off to like go trail riding. And they suddenly realized, wow, this horse hasn't been here for 24 hours. So they called me and I, again, I knew where this location was, but I wanted to see first and foremost, you know, so I tuned into the horse and I got a sense that there were other horses around, but distant. The horse could hear a lot of traffic. The horse gave me a sense that she was in a very small, I thought it was a very small paddock but it was a confined area and that there was that no one was around no humans were around and and I could still sense this very green area so I knew the horse hadn't been stolen and was in eastern Washington by now right I knew the horse was still in the Seattle area based on the greenery and then the last thing that I've really picked up on loud and clear literally was the sound of splashing water almost like going through a car wash and that to me was like so that was weird because I knew the location of the barn and I knew there was no kind of water source or car washes or car wash no car washes near there comes a horse yeah woo (laughs) so um I said that and I was like I don't even know why I'm saying this but I said it and the next thing you know they um call me a few hours later and say they located the horse. They didn't say that they were with the horse. They located the horse. And so the woman who had owned the horse, she went out there to look with her husband. Her husband, who didn't believe in this, started looking for a water source, saw this little trickle, followed it to the end. And the horse was at a different, I didn't realize that the barn had a different place where there were pastures. Okay. And the horse had gotten out of the pasture and had slid down a ravine about like 48 feet oh my gosh 
with another and landed on a ledge that was 12 by oh. six. Wow. And would drop another hundred feet if that ledge hadn't caught the horse. Like literally it jutted out. And so it took like 68 rescue workers. They had to shimmy down mm-hmm. and they created pulley systems. And eventually they pulled the horse out of there, but it took like a day and a half. Wow. Talk about being in a rock in a hard spot. Gemma, that was the horse's name. She would have starved to death or fallen to her death. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for picking up that. Move over, Spider-Man. Hey, everybody. We're speaking to Joan Ranquette, and she is a superb animal communicator. She runs a school. She is a best-selling author. She's an in-demand speaker. We're going to talk to her more after we take this commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Is your dog or cat prone to ear infections? Does your pet resist having his ears clean when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? Help is here. Zymox ear care products offer soothing relief and, (laughs) hey, you're going to love this part. They don't require the ear to be cleaned before you apply the drops. It's as easy as fill, rub, and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. Apply just once a day. Zymox gets its effectiveness from enzymes, not antibiotics. That means no side effects, no antibiotic resistance. You can find these veterinary recommended products at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty retailers, and online. And here's a real treat. Yes, I did say the word treat. Save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine product on Zymox.com. Just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. To learn more, visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. More great news. You now can also save 20% off any Zymox ear or skin product on the exclusive deals page on Fear freehappyhomes.com. Pause up. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi there, I'm Kate Walton. I hope you're going to tune in and listen to Opie Hayes on Pet Life Radio with Arden Moore because she's a delight. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm really having a great time talking with you today, Joan. And we've talked about horses, dogs, cats. You kind of have a, you know, if they could send you a, a Christmas card or a birthday card, you'd have some leopards, orangutans, and other wildlife that'd be like, hey, Joan, it's me. What's happening? Long time no see. So you, before COVID, have been a world traveler, been to Africa. You've been all over the place. Every time you go somewhere, you're just getting schooled in how to be better at what you do, right? Absolutely. And um, the trips are going to start back up again. Good, good. Yeah. So shout out to your favorite orangutan or leopard. Do you want to say anything about them? Yeah, I think one of the, you know, we were talking a few minutes ago about the idea that like at home, we could have taken the COVID opportunity to get. I tried. 
Yeah. So quiet that we were able to hear our animals. And you probably hear your animals more than you think. But being out in the wild to me is like that opportunity to almost blend in with the ecosystem and really feel what it is like to be, to be with them. And it is so powerful. I've been four feet from a pride of lions napping and every now and then you see one eye look up at you and they're like, oh yeah, those are just those humans. This is when you're glad you didn't sneeze or bring a salami sandwich, right? That's correct. <laughs> hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think you were scared, were you? And they probably smell your emotional state. Smelling the, I'll tell you something. They, no, I was not scared. But I will say this. One of my friends who was, I was in the front of the Jeep and someone in the back of the Jeep stood up when we were with those lions and you heard uh, a little teeny growl. And I was like, slowly sit down now, slowly sit down now, because you can't do anything fast around them. No. And that's also kind of a posture of authority or threatening, right? You're getting bigger. Yeah, absolutely. So wow. um, the one thing with lions. Hey, listeners, next time you hang out with a lion, please listen to what Joan's going to have to tell you right now. Never stare them in the eyes and always move slowly. Okay. Can I purr? You may purr. Okay. I, I know some can't. All right. So you have different things you have. People can take retreats. You know, there's on your website. I want everyone, we got to give that shout out to your website. It's, it's simply your name, right? Right. JoanRaquette.com. I'm going to spell it J-O-A-N-R-A-N-Q-U-E-T.com. I mean, I was spending a lot of time on your site and I was like, oh crap, I got to get ready because she's going to be on my show. But this is a person who has such skills. She's in demand. You've been on GMA, NBC's Today Show, Animal Planet, Dateline. You finally got to our show. Aren't you glad? You've worked yes. your way up, right? This is the best one of all. I have arrived. All right. And I got to talk. Uh, you even have talked to horses at the Kentucky Derby. Were you putting side bets with them? What were you doing? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> That's how I bought I, my house. No, I, uh, I actually, that was in 1998 or 99. I can't remember. That's right. But at the time, something, believe it or not, MSNBC was just getting started as kind of a new show that was Microsoft, but NBC, and they had a sports department. And so okay. the head of the sports department knew me through a friend. And he was a big horse racer and race lover. And he said, oh, my God, what would it be like if, if we hired you to go talk to the horses? And I said, let's go. So All right. We got so what talk, happened? We got to talk to each of the horses. And there was one horse that was sure he was going to win. And he didn't win the Kentucky Derby, but he won the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. So how did he tell you that? Was it, it just his confidence? What was it? A body posture? You know, yeah. First of all, I felt like he was almost talking like Muhammad Ali, like, right? Like, boom, boom. Yeah. I am the greatest. <laughs> Pretty much. That was about it. Well, confidence but, is good. Horses that, I always say this, that I don't love the horse racing industry, right? But the one thing I will say is that thoroughbreds, and I have one, I will always have one, if not more. They love to run so much and they are competitive with each other in a very playful way. Okay. So in some ways, what is their perfect nature has been, you know, once again, exploited by man. But what is so that playful spirit is what this horse, I think his name was Lemon Drop Kid. He was just Great so name. like, yeah, 
he was so like, yeah, this is it. You know, one other one told me that like, I don't do that well with crowds, but I'm great if it's just a timed race. And it turns out his time was always the best, but he didn't do well with crowds. Like, so each of the- Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we end the show, we have people that really want to connect better with their pets. We also have people who are professionals, pet sitters, dog walkers, boarding staff. Are there a few tips you can give people to kind of tap into their animal communication skills? You know, I start every meditation for the every, every one of the classes in the school, whether you take a digital class, come to a retreat, go on a wildlife trip, or take an online 12-week course. It all starts with taking that moment to breathe into the bottom of your feet and really letting go of the day and then just breathing for a few minutes. And when you just get into that state where you're letting go of everything, you're very connected up with the earth because animals need us to be grounded. You'd be amazed what comes in or how the animals will respond to that sudden quietness. So I have a coffee cup that says wag more, bark less. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying even stop the wag for a couple minutes. What's up for you this year in 2022? Guess we would love people, our listeners, to kind of keep tabs on you. Can you share with some things that are coming up on the horizon? Absolutely. Every April and October, I have a very fun nine-day intensive. And so we're I'm already getting ready for that, okay. for the April one. Is that a retreat or what is that? Yeah, it's lots of animal communication and in the spring. It's animal communication. EFT emotional freedom technique for animals. And then we communicate with animals in sanctuaries. And in the fall, it's animal communication, death, dying and beyond. And then we do a different energy healing. And then I have a 12 week online course that starts April 27th called animal communication level one. And on May 12th, I have energy healing for animals. And then that all just repeats again in the fall. So after nice. the fall, this okay. communication level one and yeah. energy healing for animals in November. So before we let you go, you did mention, you know, getting in the, I call it the me now. <laughs> you were talking, <laughs> my cat says, my cat Casey goes, you got to be in the me now. You can't coulda, woulda, shoulda moment. I love that about the breathing. Is there any other tip about being quiet, watching your breathing? And is there something that makes you realize your cat or dog is actually talking to you in some level? You know, the biggest thing I say is that the more you learn to get that quiet, you understand the landscape of your own mind. And on occasion, something will slip in that doesn't feel like your own thought. So it really starts with being quiet. And then again, I mean, I, I teach this and in my classes, people are communicating like that day. So wow, wow. I like how it that's a good description. I like that. I don't want to be a downer, but I do think many of us, you know, the hardest part is saying goodbye to our pet. And you do specialize in helping people understand pets in transition, which is a nice way of saying they're very ill. And when I just put down our one-eyed Mort, he was an outdoor cat we brought in. He, I said he meowed like a grumpy pirate. Um, <laughs> he had, had a broken rib and he had everything. And we brought him in and for the last four years, Mort would go, when he meowed, <laughs> I loved him. He uh, he died of a very fast lymphoma cancer, and I sort of sensed he had cancer, but it wasn't until I saw it on the ultrasound with my veterinarian that it just, I was like deja vu, but 
anything you can say to people because everybody talks about the rainbow bridge and things like that. But I feel the energy of the past pets I've had. And I don't know, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, it's almost the same sort of thing of really being able to get that quiet and connecting up to your heart with the animal that's passed. And I will say also that part of the training I do with the death, dying and beyond is helping people help their clients get into what I call a state of grace, where where you watch your animal companion make, you know, feel into the other side, but is still present. So I think all the things, the more present you can be as they're in that transition, the more beautiful it's going to be as it transcends. All right. So I know your sentient beings in your home and in your corral outside are probably like, hey, are we like, uh, you know, are you going to mention us on the oldest podcast on the planet? So um, yes. they're, kinda, they're telling me they want a little shout out. So could All you right. please do a shout out before we say goodbye. Yes. Three dogs, Delilah, Abby, and Penelope. I have four cats, Francesca, Queen Latifah, Henry, and Buster Keaton. Isn't she's doing pretty well on that CBS show? That uh, She's doing very well. She's very <laughs> proud of herself. And what about your horse? I have uh, Gabrielle, who will be 35 in April, Anya, and Drakkar is my newest guy, and he's the thoroughbred. Now, he's the one that you adopted in February of 2020 with a puppy. Yes. I'm lucky that I was home for because I used to fly out every month, and I had to adjust two animals at the same time to a new household. So I was very grateful for the yeah. downtime that COVID created for me. Well, I'm laughing because as you were talking, you had like a brown striped tabby that was like rising above your head behind you. I don't know who that was. Is that that, that's Buster Keaton. Buster. Good. Yeah. Okay. There's a cat tree. I was like, oh my gosh, she's like a magician too. She just pulled a, a cat out of her head. I, that's very common. <laughs> yeah, that's very common. All right. Any last message you want to give all of our listeners? I really do appreciate you being on the show, Joan. Yeah, just know that we all communicate with animals. I mean, we're all doing it. We're just all doing it at various levels. But if you want to get good at it, it's worth taking the time to get quiet, practice, trust yourself, and be able to really spend the time doing it. And I want you all, listeners, my only homework assignment to you is just to go to joanrequette.com. That's J-O-A-N-R-A-N-Q-U-E-T.com. You'll get a lot of information, see something that maybe works for you and have a better bond with your pet. So thanks for being on the show, Joan. You survived. It was very fun. It was, yeah, you're a great host. And I also want to give a shout out to the surgeon of sound. My radio husband, we're not married, but he is the, the executive producer of all the shows on Pet Life Radio. A big shout out to Mark Winter. We are 7 million listeners plus strong. So come on, guys, let's keep building that up because we're going to make this a better planet for everyone. And check out Ardenmore.com if you would. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.